As Brandon said, God has preserved his word. We have a copy of the word of God. In fact, folks, uh, many of you have a smartphone. You're not smart, but your phone's smart, all right? And uh, we have smartphones. We have all kinds of uh, different technology today that we can read the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 50. The Bible says this, the whole entire chapter is on the word of God. The psalmist says this, this, this is my comfort in my affliction. This is my comfort in my affliction. This morning, I want to emphasize the Word of God. We need the Word of God. Now, God did not give us the Bible number two because of 2020 or 2021, all right? He says the Word of God is sufficient. Our problem is we're not reading the Word of God. If you're tired of fake news, try the Bible. It's easy to be deceived. I don't know what to believe anymore. But I can always trust the Bible. I can trust God's word. Remember years ago, a couple came into the church, a couple I'd never seen before. And uh, the lady said, oh, we're on our way to Chicago. And we just found out this morning, got a call that our, our daughter was involved in a terrible accident. And uh, we weren't prepared for this. Can you fill our tank up with gas, give us some money? And I was feeling bad for them. And so I took them up to the gas station, filled up their tank, reached into my wallet, gave them all the cash I had. Came back to the church about a half hour later, the phone rang. It was a local pastor. I don't know. I didn't know him very well. Never met him. But he said, I just want you to know there's a couple uh, that's scamming pastors. And um, they're telling you that uh, they have a daughter up in Chicago and uh, she went through a bad accident. Just beware of them. I said, oh, thank you so much. I'll watch out for them. <laughs> it's easy to be deceived. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it. And I talk to people all the time and they think they're good. They don't need Christ. They're being deceived. And if we think we're good, we are being deceived. The only person that's good in us is Jesus Christ. The Bible is the only book that God has written. We better get into the Word of God. I know we all struggle. We would rather uh, listen to the news or get on Facebook, then read the Bible. Folks, it's the Word of God that will encourage us. And Peter said, get into the Word of God. I've had some people tell me, well, Pastor, if you knew that uh, the election was stolen from Trump, you would get upset too. Now, wait a minute, folks. Let's think, th think through this a little bit, okay? Maybe there was fraud. But there's a God in heaven that's a lot greater than any mankind. And God allowed for the president to be put in office that's in there now because God allowed it to happen. I just want you to understand that, folks. There's a God in heaven that's in control of all things. We better control what we can control and let God control what he can control. And there's a lot of things we can't control. Ronald Reagan said, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. 
Let me read that again. This is what Ronald Reagan said. Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. I don't care what problem it is. Financial problems, relationship problems, rebellious children. Folks, the answer is in the Word of God. If God didn't think His Word was sufficient, He'd give us another book, another Bible. But He gave us the Word of God. Charles Spurgeon said, Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has given, ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. That's what Billy Graham said. He said, I've read the last page of the Bible. It's all going to turn out all right. Get into the Word of God. Someone said, when the world breaks you down, open up your Bible. When the world breaks you down, open up your Bible. Now, I understand this morning, sometimes we put the Bible on the shelf or the coffee table, and we have to blow off the dust Sunday morning, and then we come into church, and we act like we've read it all week. Folks, it's the Word of God that will change us. Now, do I believe we live in the last days? Yes, I do. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Timothy 4.3, and we'll get to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 in a little bit. But 2 Peter chapter 4, verse 3, familiar verse. And God's given us this verse not to scare us, but to prepare us. 2 Timothy 4.3, for the time will come. And folks, the time has come. For the time will come when they, and I usually think this verse was referring to people that would go to the mega churches and uh, uh, they want to hear about the gospel, the prosperity gospel. But folks, the health and wealth gospel, this is talking about God's people. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is what we need to hear. It's what will change us. But after their own lush shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. We live in that day today. Well, if it's sensational or exciting, I'm going to believe it. Folks, there's a lot of things that aren't true out there today. We better get into the Word of God. 2 Timothy 4.4 And they shall turn away their eyes from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. I'm thankful this morning God is 100% right. He's always right. And I can be a witness to their signs when I feel overwhelmed and I open up the Bible and get into the book of Psalms. And after a while, God settles my heart. We need to be in the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1. Remember, Peter's writing to believers who were scattered abroad because of persecution. They were overwhelmed. They're probably wondering, where are you, God? And Peter says, get into the Word of God. And folks... We have the word of God this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever, 
For all flesh is as grass. What Peter's saying, we're all in the same boat together. When you looked in the mirror this morning, you're not getting younger. Gary Hall came up and said, Pastor, you look younger. I said, Gary, your eyes are getting really bad. (laughs) We're getting older. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. This is a word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Peter said, get into the word of God. You're going to find out that God has been gracious. And because he has been gracious, he will be gracious in the future. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer. Father, oh Lord, I ask this morning that our thoughts would be on you this morning. Oh Lord, help us not to focus on our problems. But the God who is greater than all of our problems Lord, use me this morning. I'm just a vessel. It's not my message, it's your message. Lord, guide my mind, guide my lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Several weeks ago, Joyce McDaniel uh, called my wife and asked my wife and uh, Joe to come over and see some of her Christmas decorations. And Joe loves Christmas decorations, so they went over there. And uh, later on that evening, I said, how did your visit go at Joyce's house? She said, oh, it is incredible, all the Christmas decorations she has. She has some antiques, and uh, uh, they were just telling me about all the lights, and uh, she said the best part, I'm thinking, okay, nativity scene, that's probably the best part. Or maybe uh, the tree. Lynn said the best part, they had two chairs, and by the one chair, uh, it was John's chair, and there was a Bible and a devotional book. And then Joyce had her chair, there was a desk, and there was a Bible on that desk. I thought that's the best part. Because God says everything else will pass away. It's the word of God that will endure forever. It's the word of God that will encourage us. It's the word of God that will guide us. It's the word of God That will keep us from sin. Someone said this book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. Psalm 19, verse 10. More to be desired they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Now we're all in the same boat together. The psalmist said, I love the word of God more than honey. You say, Pastor, to be honest with you, sometimes the word of God seems so boring. And... uh, uh, it's hard to pick up. I, I see, I know how to read it, but what is wrong with me? Peter tells us, in Psalm 119, verse 97, the psalmist said, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. If you're taking notes this morning, first of all, the power of the Word of God. This book is powerful. God said, let there be light, 
and there was light. God spoke this world into existence. And I've tried a few times with my grass and a fr- it doesn't work, all right? Grass be mowed. It did not work, okay? I don't care how loud I was, how spiritual I was, it does not work. God's word is powerful. God's word can change. The Bible says God's word can change you. The Bible says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You know, the Bible is the only book where the author loves every one of you. He loves you. This is a love book from heaven. This is telling us how to live in 2021. And the devil will do his best to keep us from reading God's word. Because he doesn't want you to know the truth. The Bible said the truth shall set you free. I love it. When I think about all the memories of ministries and working at the Bill Rice Ranch and they'd give an invitation and probably 50 to 100 young people come forward. And I, I still in my mind remember those counselors opening up their Bible. There's power in the Word of God. Amen. Dorothy Myers is in heaven, but I remember when Dorothy Myers was in charge of the servicemen sent to Rantoul, and when the servicemen would come in, she would witness to them, and then she would take them into the prayer room, and I, she said, pray for me as I witness to this person. A guy would come out smiling and say, I just got saved. One day I said, Dorothy, what do you tell him in there? She said, I just... Quote the word of God. It's not my word. It's God's word. Years ago, in Zimbabwe, a guy who was an atheist was offered a Bible. And he said, if I take this Bible, I know what I'll do with it. I'll just take the pages and pull the pages out and use it to roll up tobacco and smoke it. So the guy who worked for the Bible Society said, all right, if I give you the Bible, before you smoke it, will you promise me you would read it? The guy says, all right, I'll do that. Fifteen years later, this guy that had given out the Bible was sitting in a congregation at a Methodist meeting. And this speaker was looking around, and this 15 years later, he goes, you don't recognize me, do you? He said, but 15 years ago, he said, you gave me the Bible. Gave me the New Testament. He said, I read Matthew and I smoked Matthew. I read Mark and I smoked Mark. I read Luke and I smoked through Luke. I got to John. I couldn't smoke it. Especially when I read John chapter 3, verse 16. It changed my life. Folks, that's the power of the Word of God. It has the power to convict in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This is a living book. I'm thankful that if you're saved this morning, it was because God's word was told to you. 
Because people don't know how to get to heaven. God tells us how to get to heaven. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. We've all been convicted before. We need to thank God for his conviction. I don't know how many times during the ministry when someone would shake my hand and say, did my wife tell you about me? No. Did, did my wife call you? No. That was the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm thankful that God convicts. It's the word of God that brings conviction. Jeremiah chapter 23, 29. It's not my word like as a fire, the Bible says. saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. It convicts, but it converts. I love that the Bible has the answer to every problem we have. And we have the Spirit of God living in us that gives us the power to do right. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testament of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Converting the soul, that's the real you. You want God to change you? Get into his word. It cleanses us. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Now, folks, this morning, I know every person looked in the mirror this morning, took a shower, I hope you did, and, or took a bath, and uh, some of you ladies put makeup on, and uh, uh, some of you guys maybe put some makeup on too, I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, you wanted to make yourself presentable. And if your spouse says, well, you kind of smell, oh, boy, better go back to the bathtub. Folks, if you did not spend time in the Word of God this morning, you are dirty spiritually. Every morning, when we get up, we make sure we're clean. Well, we should. Do you realize every day we should take the soap of the Word of God, and it's the Holy Spirit that uses the soap of the Word of God to cleanse us? So we see the power of the Word of God. When I read the Bible, God is speaking to me. Secondly, we see the permanence of the Word of God. Aren't you thankful today that God has preserved His Word? We would be in trouble. And folks, we need to hear the Word of God, not the opinion of mankind. We need the Word of God. The Bible says in verse 23, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Then Peter gives us a picture of mankind, all flesh, including you, including me. All flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Last Sunday in the afternoon, John McDaniel called me up and told me about Mary Oment that used to come here, and she moved down to Arizona to retire. And he, she said, Mary Oment, her husband died, so I called Mary up, and she said it was Friday, Friday before, and 
he has COPED, I mean COPD, and, and he seemed okay, she said, but he coughed and went out into eternity. Tomorrow, there's a visitation for Melvin Caffin. Remember all the times Melvin would sit right there where Betty is sitting. And he's in heaven, 87 years old. Folks, we all know of people that have died recently. And the coronavirus, we, we know of more people that have died than we did in the past. It's by the grace of God we are alive. Peter said, all flesh is as grass. If you think you're something, wait a few years. If Christ does not come, you'll be in some cemetery someplace. And you see that date, 1939-2001. That dash represents your life. And if I told you this morning that the only thing that counts in life is the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're going to die someday, you say to yourself, you know what? I need to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to make my life count for Jesus because I'm going to spend all eternity in heaven. But we don't live that way. And Peter is telling these believers, yes, you're suffering now, but you're not going to suffer someday. And yes, you lost your property. And yes, you lost your business. And some of you lost your friends. But all wrong will be made right in heaven. James 4.14. James says, Where as you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So many people, older people, have told me, Pastor, I don't know what happened to It seemed like yesterday. I was a teenager. And now I'm 80-some years old. Folks, you can't put a pause on life. It keeps going on and on and on and on. And we're not getting younger. The Word of God is perfect. Oh, what a blessing. Wouldn't it be bad? If we knew the Bible had some errors in it. And if I picked up the word of God, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is real or not. It is all real. Because the author is true. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Psalm 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. So folks, instead of watching the news, which we don't know if it's true or not. There's a lot of propaganda. Let's get into the Word of God that we know is true. Because the Word of God will settle your heart. The Word of God will help you to focus on Christ. The Word of God is not only perfect, it's permanent. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Voltaire, a French atheist years ago, made this statement. He said, in a hundred years after I die, Christianity will be washed off the face of this earth. 
He made that bold statement many, many times. God has a sense of humor because 50 years after he died, his house and his printing press, they used his printing press to print Bibles. Voltaire's dead. Christianity lives on and on and on. Verse 24, 1 Peter chapter 1, For all flesh is as grass, including me, including you. You are not an exception. And all the glory of man is at the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Oh, there are so many promises in the word of God. What about John chapter 14, verse 3? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. James Montgomery Boyce written several books, was a pastor of a large church down south. He was diagnosed with liver cancer. He had to stand before his congregation in 2000 in May, and he wanted to give them an update of the cancer. The cancer was taken over his body. And with a strong voice, he stood before his congregation, and he said, I want you to know that God is in control. He started talking about the sovereignty of God. Then secondly, he said, God is good. God is good to all of us. God is good to me. Then he made this statement. If God does something in your life, all right, if God does something in your life, would you change it? If you change it, you'd make it worse. It wouldn't be as good because God is always good. You know what we're all trying to do? We're trying to change things. I was talking to my wife earlier this morning, and sometimes the things we dread, like, oh, God, you can't do that. And guess what he does? He does it. He can do whatever he wants because he's in the business of changing us. We're going to be in heaven for all eternity. And the thing you dread, many times the thing that God allows to come into your life. You say, oh, I don't want cancer. And all of a sudden God gives you cancer or allows you to have cancer. Because he's trying to teach us to depend upon him. Now we all have the question, yes, the word of God is powerful. And it's permanent. Well, what about my passion? That would be all of us this morning. Peter talks about the passion of the Word of God. How do you get passion for the Word of God? If it's important for us to read the Word of God, how do we get passion? 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3. through 3, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. And I have news for you from the Bible. If you're not in the Word of God, you are not growing spiritually. 
And the trials of life will knock you down because you're so immature in your faith. Remember Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You say, Pastor, how can I make it through 2021? Get in the word of God. You say, well, I don't have a desire. Well, first of all, Peter tells us to remove certain things. If you ever had surgery and you have an infection, what do they try to do first? Get rid of the infection. There needs to be some spiritual surgery in our life. If you don't have an appetite for the word of God, it's not God's problem. And it's not the word of God's problem. It's your problem. He says, remove, laying aside to strip off all malice. Malice would be the vicious nature which is bent on being or doing harm to others. Talk about believers. Someone's hurt you and you want them to suffer. And you rejoice inwardly and God knows about it. That will rob you of the appetite of the word of God. Peter said, put it off. All guile. It's a deliberate attempt to mislead, trick, to deceive, to be two-faced. We've all experienced that. Someone comes up to you and they shake your hand and they act like they're your best friend and then they go to somebody else and cut you down. That will rob and sap your passion for the word of God. All hypocrisies. Folks, we all fit in that category. How many times do we say we love God and yet we don't spend time in his word, we don't talk to him? What if you said to your wife, I love you, honey, and then the rest of the week you gave her the cold shoulder? She would say, your words are cheap. You know, we can tell someone that we love them and they might believe us when we really don't love them that much. But you can't fool God. When we tell God we love him and he knows differently, you're not deceiving him all envies envious you're tormented when the other person succeeds all evil speaking speaking against someone folks if there's ever a time we need revival it's today america needs revival and it starts with God's people. And I'm so thankful you're here this morning. But I believe, as we sing today, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. He has some great things in store for us. We just have to focus on Christ and get into the word of God. Not only does he tell us to remove certain things, he says it's to receive. Receive. As newborn babes in verse 2. Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You see, the devil this morning would like for you to think that God is not good to you. He is good to you. He's good to every one of us. And he gives us what we don't always want, 
but he gives us what we need. If you ever had a baby, or you've been around a baby, they'll let you know if they're hungry. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. They'll let you know. That's when I'd say, honey, the baby wants you. Wouldn't it be great if we had that kind of desire for God's word? What, what's wrong with us? It's the word of God. It's God's word. It's permanent. It's powerful. It brings comfort. It guides us. It comforts us when we're discouraged. Psalm 42, verse 1, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah the prophet said this, Thy words were found, I did eat them. When he said I did eat them, what he's talking about, I took it in. I listened to it. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I want to get there. There's certain things I need to put off. But I need that desire for God's word. And he said, the problem is, I've given you my word. I've given you the Holy Spirit. Why are you guys falling apart? It's because you're not in the word of God. Sir Walter Scott, a famous British novelist, who was a Christian also, had all kinds of books in his house. He was a lover of books. He was on his deathbed. He told the housekeeper, bring me the book. She said, Dr. Scott, what book? You have lots of books. He said, the Bible, the only book for a dying man. Folks, the Bible is not the only book for a dying man. It's the only book for a living man. How's your appetite for the word of God? What did Peter tell the believers that were suffering? Their world had been turned upside down. They were being persecuted. Some lost their jobs, lost their friends, were scattered abroad. Peter said, it's the word of God. I'm tired of fake news. I need to get in the word of God. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer.